podcast. I'm Allison Little, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur who has built businesses and brands for the past decade. I'm passionate about helping high achievers launch to the next level. Welcome to the Launch Podcast with Allison Little. Today's episode is called How Achievers Excel with Dr. Ruth Gotian. Dr. Ruth Gotian is the Chief Learning Officer and Assistant Professor of Education in Anesthesiology at Weill Cornell Medicine. She has been hailed by Journal Nature and Columbia University as an expert in mentorship and leadership development. In 2021, she was selected as one of 30 people worldwide to be named the Thinkers 50 Radar List, dubbed the Oscars of Management Thinking. Hello, Dr. Ruth. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, for sure. Could you tell us just a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So I am a New Yorker. I actually started with a business background, studying it for both bachelor's and master's, worked in finance and international banking for a while, then went back into higher education and specifically academic medicine, where I have been for almost 25 years. And I study extreme high achievers, Nobel laureates, astronauts, Olympic champions. And my role is really to pull out the success out of people. Everyone has that potential, but they don't always have the plan. So I work with them to develop that plan to meet their potential. Mm, That's amazing. And our launch podcast is really specifically designed for high achievers. So I knew that you would be a perfect guest and I am so excited about the work you do. What made you interested in studying high achievers? You know, that's really interesting because I always thought that success was for other people. And then I started working at an Ivy League medical school where I ran a program that had a three and a half percent acceptance rate. So this was the cream of the crop, right? The best of the best. And I would sometimes have some of our meetings were in the faculty club and the table next to me are three Nobel laureates who I happen to know. And the more I got to know them, the more I realized they're regular people, just like the rest of us. So at the age of 43, I decided to go back to school and study adult learning and leadership and figure out what makes people really successful. And I started with physician scientists. Those are people with the MD who also do research either with or without the PhD. And then I wanted to see if it translates into other industries. And I realized that it does. So an astronaut is just like an Olympic champion. So now what I do is now that I know what those four pillars of success that made them so successful, I pull it out and I create this blueprint for people that's customized for their world because just because an Olympic champion did it doesn't mean we can copy and paste it into our own life. Mm -hmm. So I take the big ideas and customize it into people's life. And the more I do it, the more I've become obsessed with success. And it is just a true gift that I get to talk to these people who are really well-known within their fields and some are, are household names. And then I get to teach people how they can achieve more using the same principles that got people the Nobel or an NBA championship or fly to space. It's the same model and we can do it too. So (laughs) that is absolutely phenomenal. And the fact that you get to do that and that's your job, like this is so so exciting. (laughs) It is. And when you think about your main passion or purpose in life, what would you say it is? to help people become successful, awesome. to achieve the success they were born to achieve, but don't know 
how to achieve it yet. Right. And, you know, I've heard that there's uh, the majority of the population doesn't reach their full potential. So are there specific ways for our listeners right now, two ways that they could start on that path or that journey toward going after that potential and, and reaching their full potential and reaching success? Absolutely. And actually, I won't give you two, I'll give you four. And all of these four are in my upcoming book called The Success Factor, which is coming out in January. So the first thing you have to do is figure out what it is that you're passionate about. Obviously, you have to be good at it, right? You're not going to go singing at the Met if you can't hold a tune. So you have to be good at it, but you also have to love it. I mean, really, truly love it. You would do it for free if you could, and you might already be doing that. That's called your intrinsic motivation. That comes from within. You're doing it for nobody but yourself. You're not doing it for a diploma or recognition or promotion. That's called extrinsic motivation. And those are the people who usually fail out or burn out. You are doing it for yourself. You found your passion. And we can talk about how to find that passion. The second thing is you have this unyielding work ethic. You look at challenges very differently. You know that you are going to be able to overcome a challenge. That's not a question for you. So instead, you focus on how to overcome it. It's a complete mind shift of where you're putting your energy. The third one is you build a very strong foundation. And you don't rest on your laurels just because you got the Nobel or an Olympic gold medal. You are constantly reinforcing that foundation, which means the same skills that you would see at the Olympic Village gym are the same ones that you would see in a junior high gym. Obviously, they do it with better sneakers and better gear, but it's the same skills. And you see that for every single profession. And finally, you've heard that Mark Cuban and Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and all these billionaires read three, four, five, six, eight hours a day. That's not why they became billionaires. Mm-hmm. They became billionaires not because they read so much. It's because they were open to new knowledge. And we as adults do that through informal learning. We're not sitting in a classroom. So what does that mean? You can just consume information in different ways. That could be, maybe you want to read like Mark Cuban for multiple hours a day, but maybe your lifestyle doesn't allow for that. So maybe you want to listen to podcasts such as this one, or listen on Clubhouse, or watch videos on YouTube, or read blogs or read articles, right? You have to figure out what fits for your life. The other thing is you can talk to people and all extreme high achievers had not just one mentor, but a team of mentors. And these are people who are senior to them, people who are at their level and people who are junior to them. They are going to get information and get feedback and get perspective from everyone who's around them. So That is a critical piece that you must have a team of mentors because they see potential in you that you don't see in yourself yet. So you need to surround yourself. And these are people who know things that you don't even realize you're supposed to know yet. Mm -hmm. So those are really the four things. It's find your passion, develop that unyielding work ethic, build and maintain that strong foundation and constantly learn through informal means. Mm. 
Those are amazing <laughs> and so powerful. I feel like we had a five minute podcast and you guys leave <laughs> already and just have so much knowledge of how high achievers do what they do to excel. That is amazing. And, you know, I think the fact that you're seeing these trends, it doesn't matter what industry the high achievers in, they are, they're constantly doing these four things, these pillars. So for our listeners, are you doing these four things? Are they in your life? And if they're not, take the advice and start implementing them. Figure out a plan of how can I how can I make sure that this is showing up in my life? You know, another thing that was so interesting is uh, you say that there's high achievers can provide 400% more productivity than the average employee. What? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. 100%. That's, that's why I've become so obsessed with meeting the needs of these high achievers, because all of our effort has been on those that are below the average line, right? If you're average or above, no one pays attention to you. If you're below the average, you get a corrective action plan. They sign you up for courses, whatever you need to get up to baseline. But what about all the people at the top, Mm. right? If we don't do something for them, they're going to leave. And at best, we'll be stuck with average employees, at worst, below average. So if these high achievers are producing 400% more, then we need to do whatever we can to make more of them. So if those who are average or below average leave, that's okay, because your company will have those people who are producing more, they're more innovative, and they're able to just bring things to a whole other level. And do you know what that culture is like if you could be around people like that all day long, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it's like to be around high achievers? Oh. It just raises the bar of excellence for everyone. It absolutely does. And it expands your perspective on life and what, what's possible when you surround yourself. You know, to be honest, for a long time, I, I wasn't around high achievers. And it was when I started to intentionally seek out brilliant minds, people that were out there doing amazing things, that my mind of what was possible in my life expanded. So if you're listening right now and you're like, well, I'm not really a high achiever, start to surround yourself with people that are out there doing amazing things. You'll catch the bug right? You'll essentially, Mm -hmm. you'll start to see that there's more for you. And what we need, I think in the world is more people out there striving to be the best versions of themselves. Right. And, and that's where the high achieving comes in. And when you're super passionate about something, there's nothing stopping you. And I can tell that the research you do, you're so, you're in, in the people can't see that her smile, like she is just beaming with excitement and joy about the work that she does. And when we have that, there's nothing stopping you, right? And you can go out there and make amazing things happen. So one of the things uh, that I want to kind of just go back to the basics, but how would you define a high achiever? Mm, Well, there's actually, that's a really long definition and it depends who you ask. So that could be a whole other episode. But what I will say is, and we can get into the whole big, long scientific term. These are people who have achieved something great and who have gotten the recognition for it. But what I want you to realize, more important, is that success is a moving target. And success also depends who you ask, right? And I found out that it's very different based on gender and based on rank, right? So if I was to ask someone very junior what success looks like, that's very different than someone who's the CEO or a full professor. So it really depends who you ask. What I really want listeners to understand is I I don't 
want them to get stuck on what a label is because it's very personal. It's what is your next one-year, three-year, five-year goal. That's what success is. It's what are you doing to achieve your one-year, three-year, five-year goal And what are you doing to hit milestones on the way to the goal? And the reason I say it's a moving target, every single one of the the people who I interviewed, they didn't start out in their field thinking that they're going to win the Nobel or thinking they're going to be an astronaut or thinking they're going to win an Olympic medal or NBA championship. Not one of them. And of all these people who I interviewed, the Olympians, for example, only one of them had their medal on display. Everyone else, it was nowhere to be found. Most of them, it wasn't even in their house. One had it in a paper bag in the sock drawer. One had it in a safe somewhere. One gave it all away to the Hall of Fame. He said it was suffocating. I couldn't stand it. One is in the boxes in his mother's basement. They don't have it because they say it's one chapter in their life. It's not their whole life. Mm. And if, if that is your goal, if that is how you identify success as a gold medal, what happens when you get it? Mm-hmm. Then what? Mm-hmm. So that was never success. Success for them was getting to the next goal. And there are always new goals to achieve. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it's a moving target. If you want to be healthy about it, it has to be a moving target. Because sometimes, like the Nobel, that's out of your hands. You don't get to decide that. The right. astronaut, sometimes it's out of your hands. You don't get to decide that. But it's achieving whatever you can and doing what you can to achieve more all the time and having a plan and having goals and having milestones to help you achieve that. Mm, That's so beautiful. And I think it's so true. You know, one of the things that I think about when I'm achieving goals is I want to become the person who can achieve that goal. And to me, that's success. And whether or not anybody else knows what I'm doing behind the scenes in order to become the person who can do that thing, you know, I know, I know that each and every day I'm waking up with that commitment toward that goal or toward that vision or and, and that's, I think, one of the things that is so important to all of us to recognize is that you need to start implementing things each and every day to become the person who can achieve that goal. Wonderful. Yes. One of the other things that I found so fascinating in the work that you do is there's some micro changes we can make in our everyday life to really help them get to that next level. And so what are some little micro changes we can implement, whether it's habits or just daily routines that we can do in order to achieve more? So this is where I call my time management hacks, right? I think that what we do is we all have this long to-do list of things we need to do. And we transfer that to-do list every day from one day to the next. Maybe we'll cross off two things. And then we get very frustrated and we're spending all of our time doing these things that don't really meet our goals. So there's a few overarching themes. First, I want you to list what your goal is. List it out. What is your next goal? Now make a list of all of the activities, clubs, organizations, committees, task forces, special projects, volunteer activities, all of those that you are a part of and get multiple pieces of paper because I know it's going to take more than that. Now, I want you to look at that and look at which of those things align with your goals. If they don't align, you must resign. At the very least, take a leave of absence because you have a one-year, three-year, five-year goal. And all of these other activities that you're on, if they're not contributing to your goal, you got to go. They have to go. 
because they're not going to help you at the end. So I want you to really thin that out. I'd rather you be involved in two or three things that are directly related to your goal than a bunch of other things that, oh, so-and-so importance on that committee or so. You're not talking to the important so-and-so. They probably don't even know if you're there. Get rid of it. So start with that. Now you have all of your activities that you need to do right? And these are things that you need to do for work. These are things that you need to do for life. It's everything from writing a report to making your dentist appointment, right? Mm -hmm. What are your most cognitive hours? So for example, are you a morning person? Are you an afternoon person? Are you a night owl? Figure out when you are at your sharpest. I am a morning person. I can get more done by 10 a.m. than I can get done all day because after around 12, one o'clock, I notice every hour I'm working slower and slower and, and the brain is just not as sharp. So all of my cognitive work, anything that requires deep thinking, writing, editing, reviewing, budgets, grant writing, all of that has to be during my cognitive hours, which are the morning. I then schedule my non-cognitive hours, which for me are the afternoon, for the more passive tasks making that dentist appointment, calling up the credit card company, being on those endless Zoom calls, right, where you have to see and be seen, taking a phone call with someone. All of those things I put in my afternoon because that will not take up the precious minutes of my cognitive hours, right? So it is rare that I will have a Zoom in the morning, right? It has to be something that really cannot be scheduled at any other time. So if you start to do that, it's helpful. Now, during your cognitive time, you cannot sit there for three hours straight. You're not going to be as productive in the third hour as you were in the first hour. So you have to actually do what's called sprints. So um, this is actually called the Pomodoro technique, which is you work for 20 or 25 minutes, get up for five minutes, work another 20, 25 minutes, get up for five minutes, you know, another 20, 25 minutes, and then a five minute break. And after three Pomodoros, three cycles, you take a longer break, 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever you need. Just getting up for that five minutes will refresh your brain and try to do something completely different. Now, I recognize that sometimes 20 minutes is not enough for me. I need 40 minutes. I need 35 minutes because I'm in the flow for something. So during COVID, when all of these tasks, I had extra tasks that I had to do, especially when we were home all the time. So I use kitchen appliances as my timer instead of my phone. It was the dishwasher cycle. It was the washing machine cycle. It was the dryer cycle. This way I could multitask. And my break was folding in between each cycle. Mm -hmm. And while I was folding, I would listen to a podcast or I would make a phone call, right? Something that's from me that's totally different. And just getting up and folding clothes for five, 10 minutes made such a difference. I was able to go back to my desk and then do another. I needed those longer stretches. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you, you figure that out um, with practice, but that's how I got laundry and writing done. (laughs) 
Isn't that, it, it, well, and it's true because a lot of times what we think is in, you need to sit down and you just need to write and you're going to take that three or four hours and you're going to just be productive the entire nope. time when that's really not very feasible. And so understanding that it's okay to take a break. It's okay to, you know, do something different that completely is not about the writing. And what I find, and I don't know if you find this as well, is when I take that short break or if I go and have that, um, that phone call, I'll come back and I'll have this renewed idea or I'll have yes. this, I'll figure out the problem or challenge I was trying to, to figure out. But if I would have just sat there, I would have never figured it out. So giving yourself a little bit of a brain break to kind of rethink about it is amazing at how it helps you be more productive too. Absolutely. I have the same experience. It's always something I heard or something. And those things that I heard, it, when I write something, I get the idea in my head and until it's in my head, it won't come out. And that's how I write all my Forbes articles, all my Psychology Today articles, HBR. It's in my head. And it's usually something I saw, something I heard that then gets developed into a story, usually while I'm folding laundry. Isn't that, I know that that same thing happens to me. It's awesome. So I, I want to shift gears a bit and I want to talk more about you and really some of the things that you've done in your life to go to that next level. I know as I was researching you, you decided to go after your doctorate kind of later in life um, when you were really busy. And so tell us a little bit more about that and just some of the things that you've done in your own personal life to launch to that next level. So I always wanted to get my doctorate. It was something I wanted to do since I was 21, but life happened and I um, didn't and I raised a family and, and, and worked. And then there was a whole combination of things that happened where I realized I knew the answer to something, but I couldn't explain why it was happening. And I couldn't understand why it would work. I knew it would work, but I couldn't understand why it would work. So the way I explain it to people is if you go to the doctor, they know which antibiotic to give you if you're sick, but they don't know how the antibiotics works. Mm -hmm. I needed to know how it worked. And I wanted to go back to school. There was exactly one institution where I wanted to go. Luckily, I got in. I studied adult learning and leadership and just had master classes where I got to learn by the leaders of the field. And this was the first time where the education was different because it was for me. Mm. I tapped into my intrinsic motivation. My bachelor's and master's I did because that's what you're supposed to do this was something I wanted to do. And I have to tell you, even after I finished, I miss it terribly. I'm still in touch with everyone. I don't miss the papers on the deadline. Maybe I do, because that's why I keep writing for Forbes every week. <laughs> I know, you have so many articles. Right? <laughs> but I miss that learning so much. Thankfully, now we found ways that we can continue learning. But um, I loved it. And I just, that really started to grow. And once I had that, that really opened up tons of opportunities. And one of the things that I have learned from the high achievers, I actually, once I figured out that the four point model, I actually used it on myself. I was a guinea pig and the shift was immediate. I mean, I could see the difference, but I realized you have to do all four things together. And once I got that, I got a dean role where I became the assistant dean for mentoring and the chief learning officer in anesthesiology. And then I, somebody nominated, I don't know who, but somebody nominated me for this invitation only event 
with all high achievers. And I don't know who it is. And if, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> because that's where I got to meet astronauts and congressmen and just, you know, CEOs and people at the top of their game. And these are my people, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is who I study. And then from that, I started doing quite a bit of, of the writing and that led to the Thinkers 50 radar list, which led to the Marshall Goldsmith 100 coaches to everything just keeps building on itself. And it's because I practiced this model, this four point model, and it works. It works. I, <laughs> that makes me so inspired. And I love the fact that you're sharing you had to start with yourself because I, you know, a lot of people listen and they see other people that are reaching high levels of success, like you have done and are continuing to do. And they think to themselves, oh, well, yeah, it must be nice, but really it's, it's all about prioritizing yourself first, right. And really applying this model to yourself and to your life and making that a habit each and every day to show up for yourself. And yes. without doing that, it's really difficult. I mean, in, in your research, have you found that it's really difficult to achieve any level of success because you need to, you need to develop yourself. You need to find the time and the effort and the mentors and all of those things. Remember, that's the fourth pillar, mm-hmm. right? Is to constantly consume new knowledge and you want to consume it in different ways. So I now have a very robust circle of mentors all around me at different levels and different industries. And that's what you constantly need to do. And I always have my earbuds in because I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to a LinkedIn learning or any of these other things just to keep getting that new knowledge. I, it's just, I I have to feed my brain that way. Mm, It's beautiful. And it's amazing. And for our listeners, you can do this too. This isn't unattainable. You can absolutely start to learn. You can make the decision today to just start becoming that best version of you. And it's going to look different for each and every one of us. And that's, that's okay. One of the other things that I've kind of wondered about is last year has been pretty difficult for, for a lot of people in different ways. And I wondered, how do you find the time to take care of yourself and to really just kind of recenter what you're doing in order to overcome stress and overcome, overcome like maybe external negativity that's in the world. I think it's all around me. I think I work in healthcare around people who are at the front of the front lines and it's scary. It's really scary, but there are a few things that I do, which help me stay grounded. Mm-hmm. One is I am an avid reader. I read 70 to hundred books a year. And if I didn't have the books, I don't know what I would do. That's number one. Number two, I get a lot of sleep. I need my sleep at night or else I'm not functional. And the third one is it's actually something that started during the pandemic. Remember I told you that invite only conference? Yeah. Well, we had this private Facebook group and someone on the group said, this was a month into the pandemic I am stuck at home. I can't take this anymore. I need to be around other people. I'm going to open up a Zoom room. Anybody who wants can come on. We'll talk about anything other than COVID. And a whole bunch of people came on. And we haven't missed a Saturday night since in the whole year. Yeah. Now you see, you know, these are really high level people, CEOs and right. And everyone comes dressed to the nines at the beginning. By the end, we're in sweats. (laughs) (laughs) 
one person had COVID and was zooming in from her bed. I mean, it was just, it is just, you get to really know people and all, nobody there does what I do. Nobody. But all of a sudden I'm interacting with astrophysicists and finance people and a comedian and all of these kinds of people. And I'm learning something from all of them. And I think that community where there's no judgment has really helped. And nobody wants anything from anyone in that group. And we've developed tight, 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 tight friendships from that group. And and there is within that group, I tell people, you know, you need mentors, but you also need sponsors, which means whenever there's an opportunity or award or some sort of recognition, you need people to nominate you. Mm -hmm. We have groups within that that every award, we will nominate each other. Oh, that's amazing. No, and if you can't nominate yourself, you can just ask one of those people, can you nominate me for this? And we do that all the time for each other. So we've created our own sponsors, Mm. which is fabulous. That is- That's what I recommend everyone do. Brilliant. So you're- (laughs) You're, you're in this community of high achievers, brilliant leaders from all over the globe, I'm sure, that are out there to be kind and compassionate and helpful to each other. This is amazing. And, and, I, and I love the idea that you're helping each other out without the expectation of helping yes. each other out. It's just this anticipation of you want to help each other, you want to do good. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing in the world is when we're looking for the goodness in others and, and really highlighting that in, in others. And to be a high achiever, you need to be able to do that yes. in yourself and others. Every this- single person there wants to give more than they receive. Every single one. And even if you hear about something, if it's not right for me, I'll say, I think you should apply for this. Let me know if you need a letter. Every single one will say that. And that's what I encourage people to do as well. Oh my goodness. And on that beautiful note, be a giver, my friends. Launch leaders are givers all over the globe. You're doing amazing things. And how do people get a hold of you, Ruth? So I can be found on my website, ruthgotian.com, R-U-T-H-G-O-T-I-A-N. Dot com or all the social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, all it's just my name, Ruth Gotian. And the book, The Success Factor, will be coming out in January. Mm. And if, if you want to know how to develop your own mentoring team, um, you could just go to ruthgotian.com slash mentoring team. Amazing. Check that out. Thank you so much, Ruth. You are absolutely phenomenal. We will be cheering you on and just so excited to see your journey and where life takes you next. To all of our listeners, this episode was absolutely phenomenal. Make sure you share it with your friends and your teammates and people in your life because we all need to tap into that full potential. And when we do that, we change the world. So thanks again and make sure you subscribe. Thank you for listening to the Launch Podcast. I'm Allison Little, and I'm so excited that you spent your time with me. Look for future episodes and connect with me on social media or at my website at www.allisonlittle.com.